on? What's going on? Entertain the Geeky. So, Entertain the Geeky here, and yet again, we have Mike O'Neill, the short and word. What's going on? How are you? Good. I'm doing good. How are you? Life is good. Life is good. I uh, we we took a break through the holidays on like making stuff. Yeah. Um. I talked to Jason. He's one of the partners here, and I was like, you know, how do you want to do this moving forward? And he's like, man, let's uh let's take the holidays, do our family thing, and then we'll get back into it. So like last week, I did a 15 minute video that was like the first thing I had done since Christmas, and I was yeah. like, oh man, I am so out of it right now. I talked to you a couple of times though, mm-hmm. and you were going through hell. It was, yeah, it's, uh, I got my gallbladder out. That's fun. Fun surgery. What the fuck the does a gallbladder even do? Uh, does nothing but cause you pain. No, it actually, it regulates, uh, all of the acid into your stomach so that you can break things down. And I had a bunch of gall, I had gallstones. Okay. Which block that. And then it's like, hey, we're still producing acid, but the pathway to release that is blocked. So this is just going to expand a lot and cause pops. a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that removed. It was actually a pretty standard, uh, procedure, laparoscopic. It was great. In and out one day. Uh, but just a l- little bit of a recovery time. And then, uh, I, then I got COVID right after that. Uh, so I've just been in my house for the past month and a half. Was that your first time getting COVID? Yes. It yeah, was? It was. I was like, I was like, I went this long and it took me getting, I still blame my gallbladder because it's like, it just ruined my immune system. You fucker. Yes, yeah. You, still killing me. So no, yeah. but it was fun. It actually, it forced me to take a break. Like you were saying for the holidays, kind of focus on what's important and, uh, yeah, kind of a blessing in disguise really. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So, you, I honestly, this past week, I've seen you post so much shit. Yeah, and I see that you're really, really grinding. Um, and uh, most of most of what you're doing is D and D S content. Yes, yeah. I mean, D and D's been a lot in the, the news lately and stuff. Uh, a lot I of third know. party stuff. I won't go into that, but it's a uh, it's been it's been a real challenge trying to like uh, an exciting challenge trying to figure out you know like. Where do you stand on a lot of issues with that? And then also uh, just cranking out uh, a bunch of new stuff. Like, I just had a wave. I was, like I said, in my house for a month and a half, so I had the time to sit down, write stuff, um, uh, focus on some really cool new content that I've been planning, and it's been fun. That's super rad. So today we're going to do Tales from the Table then. Yes. And we will talk about some of the most epic things that have happened in your D&D adventures. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. And I'll, I'll share a little bit too. So I like this. I so like this. So you start. Do you have a uh, a single most ridiculous thing that's happened in one of your D and D campaigns? Um, that's so. F- I mean, there's been a few that really that really tie for that top spot. There's no like one moment. Uh, recently, I think the funniest thing for me, from a DM perspective, mm-hmm. was uh, we took a D and D, just a D and D trip. Me and a bunch of guys from high school, um, and we just played D and D. Just. That's all we did. We, we rented, like, this cabin in the middle of nowhere and played D&D all weekend. And so it's not recorded. I wish it was. Uh, but essentially, um, we had uh, our ranger, uh, and he – it was this long, huge, like, battle. And we're playing the Tyranny of Dragons module, yeah. uh, which is a really, really fun. Uh, they're in the second half of it. We've been playing for four years. Um and he finds his mom's getting tortured by this, like, demon, mm-hmm. and they're about to fight this dragon. It's this huge pinnacle – and uh, he's fighting this demon that has this cursed sword, uh, which is, ba- it's, um, for those of you that know Drizzt lore at all, and D&D lore, it's Karn's Claw, which is a very demonic uh, sentient sword. I told him several times, I said, it is this magical, glowing, serrated sword. 
it's glowing red. It's and when he finally like this big battle's commencing. There's a dragon. There's a demon. There's this dragon rider guy. He kills the demon and it turns to ash and he sees the ash float into the sword and then the sword just stands on its point. Yeah, and up. he's like, I'm gonna grab that. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. That's for me. Exactly. So he gra- <laughs> he 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 goes to, he goes to grab it and someone's like, wait, I'm gonna cast identify and in so many words, this is like all happening very fast. And she he she uh, he's like, fuck it. Yeah, one of the other players, she turns, and she just goes, I'm going to cast Identify. And as she turns back, he just has it in his hand. And I said, okay, make an intelligence saving throw. And he goes, intelligence? I go, uh-huh. He goes, we don't make those very often. I go, nah. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Good pickup. <laughs> and he, so he failed the save. It was a very high DC. And he took, like, 47 points of oh my God. psychic damage. And he had already been, like, Unconscious what three level times. are they? They're level eleven during this fight. So that fucked him up real, real good. bad. Yeah, probably he, half health at least. Yeah. yeah. And so he um, he goes on. He gets knocked down for the fourth time in this whole fight. He keeps getting like knocked down, back up, knocked down, back up. And our healers are exhausted. And so he gets. I I go. You start to see your fingertips disintegrate. Because fun fact about this sword: when you get killed or knocked unconscious, your soul gets trapped into the sword. You don't get saving throws. You don't get anything. So he starts going into yeah, the sword. His hand, starting with his hand, and then um, our healer rolled a nat twenty. Jesus. For a, like, I, I saw him do it. It was, I was like, you got to be kidding. He rolled a nat twenty to save him and just stabilize him. Not even. He goes, I don't even care if he's healed. I just want him to stop disappearing. I go, okay, all right, I can roll with that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's, yeah, a, that's I love totally it. fair. With a nat twenty, I'll say he doesn't. He's not healed. He's just not dying anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh, he lost three of his fingers. He lost uh, his two pointer, his pointer, his middle, and his pinky. So he just has this. <laughs> and uh, he goes, he goes. Oh man, good thing I didn't die. I go, yeah, good thing you're not a ranger. He's a ranger. He's, he's, <laughs> he's yeah. He's and he has like an enchanted bow. That's like his whole thing. That's hysterical. And so he's like, can I use mage hand to do that? I go, yeah, but you're gonna have to use the action to do it before every fight. Because it's an action. Like, we had, yeah. like, and that's where it ended, was, like, he started disappearing, he got saved, and that's where we ended it. And they're all just, like, it was it was the first time we had played together in the same room in two years since the pandemic. And they're all just, like, I had to, like, tell them to stop grabbing the table because they're all, like, Thanos shaking. snap yeah. happens. He starts disappearing, yeah. and everybody's, like, oh, no. Oh, it was so intense. And, like, it, it was, like, his mom was getting tortured by this demon, so he wanted to, oh, it was just, like, this big culmination moment. And that was probably one of the most epic. That is freaking epic. Yeah. So in in my D&D group, uh, we started our own, like, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've been playing in that, and I was the DM for the first, basically, campaign of it. And then I turned it over, and we're trying to do this in, like, uh, six-month increments. So mine concluded, new DM takes over, and he's trying to give every player... You're fine. Set it down. (laughs) He's he's trying to give every player their spot in the... uh, in the limelight, you know? Yeah. So one of the characters is a uh, blood hunter. Nice. I yeah. love that class, by the way. It's underutilized. It's super cool and yeah. not necessarily canon, but we're like half of our shit is kind of homebrewy, so it works yeah. out. Um, so we go hunting this super evil vampire. And early on in the, uh, in the quest line, we decide we're like, hey, we're going to get this vampire to get sucked into a black hole. That's okay. what we're going to do. So if you take two bags of holding and you put one inside of the other, interdimensional spaces within another, create a black hole. 
Yep. So we're trying to figure out how to viably do this without maybe killing us. And my buddy gets a uh, a message from a friend of his. He's like, hey, do you know of a way to do this? And the guy's like, yeah, there's a way. Sends him the schematics on something for engineering. It just so happens one of the party members is an engineer. Fantastic. And it's an arrow where you use a portable hole and a bag of holding. Nice. Once it hits, a uh, portable hole goes inside of the bag of holding. It creates a 15-foot black hole sucking everything in that area into it. So we've been sitting on this for months and it was funny because the DM did not know we were making it. This is oh where it was no. fucked up on our part. Because um, we weren't necessarily transparent about what we were doing, but we were gathering components for it through a majority of the uh, campaign. That's incredible. So he sent us to this witch to have her make us portable holes. We almost died going to get them. And then he's like, wonder what you guys are going to use those for. And we were like, <laughs> they never came up again, ever. That's so incredible. Months go by. We finally, we get to the big bad fight. Yeah. And uh, we're like, all right, we're going to shoot the ground right in front of Alcon, the super vampire. And he's like, that seems stupid. We put um, oil of sharpness on this arrow so it gets plus three to hit. Mm -hmm. uh, our warlock was actually the one shooting it. He has like a natural plus eight to hit. <laughs> so it, it was like there's no way he's not making this. Right. And he was second in the uh, turn order. So Perfect. like... Somebody goes up, nukes this guy's flying mount yeah. because he has a bat that he'll fly around on, giant bat. That's awesome. That's so a cool, is it like familiar type situation? It, it kind of, yeah. Okay, that's so he has cool. So he has this giant bat that he rides on, and, hey, that's rude. Um, and he, Christopher, my son, is a samurai in it. That's the class that he played. That's cool. So it's a fighting class. He goes up, fucking nukes this thing real fast. Bam, bam, bam. And he, the DM's like, what the fuck, man? This is how this fight's going to go. No, it went way faster than that. So the big bad, we're fighting this vampire at night because we tried to lure him out knowing what we had in our pocket. Yeah. It ended up, the DM's like, fuck it, fine. I'm sick of this shit. You guys cheated this fight. Blew up nerd rage, man. Wow. And uh, the funniest part was I had a buddy there, and he w because he's like, hey, your wife is making red beans and rice tonight. I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to come over and eat and just hang out with you guys. Cool. So he's watching this, and he's like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> so you have an audience for this whole oh spectacle. Oh, my God. And I, I would have paid. I wish I would have recorded it because I'm like, man, if you saw that in a movie or something, yeah. you would laugh your ass off because oh, of yeah. how ridiculous it is. But when you're involved in it, it's like, oh, no, he's upset. Everybody's mad at each other. Now. It was <laughs> fucking incredible. That's regular D&D &D party stuff, right? Like, the, that whole interaction is great. But that the fact that you planned it out so early, I commend you for that. Most most D and D parties don't do that much planning. We're They're, shitty. It's it, well, it, it, it was shitty in the best way though. It, it's so See, good. I, I thought I thought it was shaking things up well, and I thought I it would be it. a funny way. And that's not the overall big bad of the campaign. Yeah. So I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. We're not spending it on that. And he could say the other ones fail because they're untested items. Yeah. So he could set a he could say, hey, uh, you know roll for whatever. Okay, yeah, it actually failed because yeah. you got your idiots and you never tested them. Yeah. And that would have been totally fair. Or he could have been like, it didn't fucking work, dummies. Instead, he blew up. It was so funny. Yeah, that's... Um, it, it, I think spending your time trying to infuriate your DM is one of the best things, one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. And I DM a lot, and they do it to me constantly. So it's kind of a give and take. But I, I mean, I commend you on that. I think that's great. It's it's a bit of a it's a bit of shitty the way that it, it played out of like we're saving this for a big fight, 
and you're like, as a DM, you have all this planning done. Oh, and he but, did. And I would have been furious for about 10 seconds. I'm like, that's actually genius, though. Like, I, I got to give it to you. Well, here, here's what's so funny. So in our world, we have a uh, parallel universe set up that's okay. that we call the void. Um, like it. Like it's, it. Yeah, it's the upside down. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so the void exists. And basically what we've established is anytime something is sucked into something interdimensional, it will travel between these two areas. So we have oh. the elemental plane and the ethereal plane, and those are the two that we play on. Yeah. Um, so Valkan is separated from his tomb, which should mean death for a vampire, but he had multiple resting places. Ah. And he was also trying to unlock a portal to the void. So it's really interesting. I'm like, he doesn't even have to be dead, dude. He could be in, like, stasis right now if you're clever as a DM. Yeah, yeah. And we could have to deal with this way later and it could be way bad yeah it's uh yeah it, it's uh, that's the best part about it is you can always find a way through some sort of magic there's always yeah. a uh 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 an esca- like escape there's a loophole yeah there's a loophole somewhere like oh magic like uh like like you were saying like oh he, he could have like a resting place on that other side already prepared like he made him not set up himself somehow or he doesn't or he doesn't need it because he's in he's not in the same dimension yeah so does it does it affect him the same? Yeah, something. exactly. Yeah, like it's like oh, every day you have to do this. Well, it's like well, it's perpetual night over there, so there's not really a day. Like, how do you interpret day? Right. Is it an time right. span? Is it a light cycle? Exactly. You can go a lot of ways with that. And that's what I thought, but man, no, he went full blown pissed off. Yeah, I get, and would you see red like that? I get it. We I, still haven't I, talked. <laughs> this was oh, that's, that's th- pretty Thursday. Rough. It'll be two weeks ago. Oh, uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that that's really rough. So, um, okay, do you have a do you have a most epic battle? Oh man, um, there's been a lot of those. Uh, I, I'm thinking from all like a DM perspective because I spent so much time setting those battles up. Uh, there have been a few where we fight. Like um, I love creating. I love finding monsters that don't have a stat block on like an official in an official capacity. Right. Uh, so I or that or I modify them that way because there's a lot of other DMs in the group and they just like inherently know stats, general stats, mm-hmm. or like or this thing's. Like, there's a, a creature called a shambling mound, right? Yep. Big vegetable, uh, plant creature. They hit it with lightning. Well, uh, somehow, with this one creature, lightning heals it. And you're like, who would... But if you're thinking Pokemon rules, that makes no sense. Like, right. Like, and, you, and that's how typically how most things go is like, oh, well, plant, it's lightning, fire, that makes sense, kill it. And uh, no, it heals it. So that was a fun one that I, I, I think that was a really, really r- – those kind of monsters always inter- interest me. But I think um, to answer your question, though, a big battle, uh, there was a really cool battle we had a long time ago on airships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was really cool because a lot of times you don't really get to utilize uh, permanent things like ballista or, you know, like uh, like the stationary objects, right? So uh, that was really cool on an airship to use – like, hey, you can use your weapons and fire them from a distance, like arrows, spells, or you can take a chance on this ballista that could do a ton of damage, or you waste your turn. Right. And those kind of moments, I think, really make a battle exciting because it's like, this is new, and also this is like it all comes down to the dice. Like, and oh it's, yeah, oh, like my creature or my my character's never fired a ballista before. It's like, but he's proficient with, you know, X amount of weapons. Like, flat roll, go for it. Have you have you made your uh, parties encounter anything that was completely insurmountable, like not winnable? Uh, I have. Uh, I did that one time. I don't like to do that too often, but I have done it once for story purposes, and mm-hmm. I was a, it was a mistake I had to correct, canon wise. Okay. Uh, it was actually the transition between the um, uh, 
uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat, which is the Tyranny of Dragons modules mm-hmm. that make that up. And as they transitioned, they fought this this uh, this white dragon, and they got this the white dragon mask, which is needed to bring back Tiamat uh, at the end of uh, everything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, during the whole campaign, you're only supposed to have, like show them it and then like kind of drag it away, and then they meet there, right? Like you're not supposed to give it them to them. Well, I didn't read that far ahead. Oh no! And <laughs> I gave I gave them the white dragon mask. And they're like, oh, it's got these properties. And I was like, oh, there's a stat block for it. They can have it, and I'll get it back somehow. And I was like, oh, no, I have to get that back immediately. So I set up this huge encounter. Uh, there was a sky castle, these cloud giants. Um, they fought this dragon at the, the, the bottom of this, like, iceberg sky-floating castle for these cloud giants. And there's a white dragon that lives in it. They fought it. They crashed the sky castle. Mm-hmm. And that was where we picked up in this giant ravine in the mountains. And they all of a sudden, all of these, like, white... Uh, evil white wizards just started popping up. Oh no! And then there's like also yetis, and like I just threw everything possible from an elemental standpoint, a magic standpoint, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And they just like I was like, "Uh," and I I had to pick on the hardest member to kill, which was our monk, uh, and he's a monk barbarian, so he's impossible to kill. And so I was like, "Okay, uh, insect swarm." Like I'm just gonna keep you stayed stable, like right there. And I knocked him down, took the mask. I had to hit me the DC super high. It was it was so tough. And there, and like at the end of it, he's just staring at me like, "You messed up, didn't you?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "Seemed pretty hard for a level seven, huh?" You needed that mask, didn't you? He like totally called me out on my stuff. I was like, "I was like, Ugh. no, it was all part <laughs> of the master plan." Yeah, man. Like I, I had to teach you guys. Sometimes you fail. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty rough. It was a really cool battle. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun making it. They had a lot of fun fighting in it. And they didn't die. <laughs> but <laughs> but but uh it was a challenge to like not make it look like it was going to be a TPK but also uh like it completely ridiculous. It completely ridiculous, yeah. So we had one where um current current campaign it was on this vampire quest line. We go to it's like a an Australia, if you will. Oh, interesting. So small continent. Where the drow live. Uh, not here. Okay. Not here. <laughs> okay. Um, so small, small place. It's, uh, there was a tower that we had to visit to, we were trying to rid the world of this vampire. Yeah. Uh, so we go here and while we're at the vampire's tower, um, shit starts to get weird in town. We get to town and it's being completely overrun. This is right on the coast, right where our ship is. It's a port town. Mm-hmm. They're being overrun by vampires. And we start like, oh, okay, we can find our way through this. And we start to, we're in, we're in an inn basically trying to get to our ship and uh, more are coming and more are coming and more are coming. And uh, th- these are, we're like level eight. These are all uh, CR tw- tens and nines, I think. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's doable, but if we're, if we're fighting 10 of them, it's, d- it's impossible. impossible. Yeah. So we start making our way to the ship and, Thank God I picked daylight as soon as I found out we were in a vampire thing. So I'm basically picking up stones and rolling them to create a path for us, and we're just dealing with vampires that are attacking us from the outskirts until we get to our boat. We get on the boat, and we start heading out, and we're literally watching this town burn. And we're like, oh, shit, that sucks. Fast forward a few weeks, we 
find out that there's this army of these like lizard people that are trying to take over uh, the main port city on the continent that we started everything on. Mm-hmm. They are sending like we're basically in their little uh, township and we're gathering intelligence and we find out, oh, they're about to start marching on Coralel, which is our main port city. Wow. This is really bad. Yeah. We had fought something called a hungering maw. Now, every time you hit it and you do 25 or more damage, it splinters the maw. Okay? It creates another one right in its place. This was another thing that we once had to run from because as a level 7, it's impossible. That's how we almost died getting our portable holes. Oh, so okay. this witch had these hungering maws guarding her, basically. So we start just fucking going ham on these things. And w- there's like nine of them all of a sudden. And we're being overrun. So I cast rope trick. We climb up into the rope, into the hole. And they actually went away. And we're like, whew, thank God. Yeah. So we send the ground forces through this forest where we know the hungering maws are. And we make contact with the witch. And we're like, hey. These guys are coming. I know you're not a bad person, so can you just make sure that they run into the maws here? We wipe out their ground troops. But then we find out that they're flying in on drakes and stuff, and we're like, this town is completely ill-prepared to deal with the threat and shit like that. So we're like, all right, we're going to get on our ship and go because we've dealt with this before. You guys need to flee and go to Palinor, which is the main kingdom here. Yeah. And they're like, are you sure you don't want to help us out? And we're like, no, fuck this, man. We've seen this happen before. Yeah. Two weeks ago, vampires, it was scary. Just get out of here. Yeah. We get in our boat, and we start going. The DM was pissed that time, too. He's like, you guys aren't going to fucking try to save them? And we're like, no, fuck that, man. We're getting out of here. We've seen this before. And yeah. he's like, dude, you guys can't keep doing this. And we're yeah. like, this is exactly what we're doing. Look, we warned them. We did, like, we're not risking our neck for it. You show us impossible two times, like yeah. these hungering maws and these fucking vampires, and we think this is time number three, so we're like, nah, man, we're just not even going to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're yeah. gone. No, awful, and he was pissed that time, too. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally get that, and that, that's such a cool mechanic, though, um, to, like, introduce... Uh, Forced retreat? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of times, because you get... It depends on what kind of setting you're playing in, mm-hmm. for sure, but, you know, you, you start coming up against, like, Near, near impossible odds, which is kind of the the fun part, right? The fun mm-hmm. part of D&D is when you fail. Like, that's where the real fun, interesting it, aspects It are. is the adversity, yes. Yes, and to that point, there's, uh, there's that tipping point, which I think you guys reached of, like, look, we've had too many, too many so-close calls. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, we're heroes, but we're not martyrs. Like, right. like that's the hundred percent, yeah. 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 So you have to put a little bit of reasoning into it. You do, you do. Our DM, but I think our DM's biggest problem is he's trying to tell this Tolkien-esque story, ah. and it, it goes this certain way for him. The the uh, variable that he's not contending with there is the fact that the party is not um, yeah. what he thinks it is. So, like, when we've been shoehorned, everybody's been pissed. Yeah, and you can't like, railroad. Yeah, and we're like, don't you fucking push us in a direction. Let us figure it out. Right. And he's like, uh, okay. So he's been doing much better about that, but then... We had this fucking arrow thing planned like assholes. Yeah, I, I think it's I, it, that's such a great thing, and I've t- I've talked about this at length with so many random DMs and players. It's like, like uh, like uh, you're home, you're running a homebrew game, which mm-hmm. is very di- I mean, it's difficult to create a world like that and kind of stay on track and keep it on on the track for the most part. It's mm-hmm. just difficult. Uh, I have uh, training wheels still where I take module. I don't have I don't have the time to make a homebrew world to the point where I would be proud of it. So I use modules and I modify the hell out of them. Okay. Like, Tyranny of Dragons, I'm like, hey, 
this is the module and we can it's a loose structure there's an end goal there's these like main characters that are there big plot points that you have to touch on yeah like there's there's markers and Mm -hmm. i can and i think the best advice i ever got was if a party goes one way and your objective is over here just move it just move it over here right right like that town probably had something important to the story it's like okay well now it's going to be in this town like and kind of change it like having that adaptability i learned I mean, after a lot of sessions, but it was the best advice I ever got of just, hey, they're going to, you can give them the fork in the road and they're going to make a decision. You got to be ready for either one. Like, well, and part of being ready for either one is just bullshitting it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, that's where I thought you were going all along, dummies. Yeah. Oh, oh you've fallen into my definitely <laughs> planned trap. <laughs> it was me, Dio. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really, really uh, interesting to like to kind of plan that out. And you never know what someone's going to do or, uh, I know a lot of early DMs. Myself, in this example, you give po- you you give them way too powerful weapons way too oh, early. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and uh, it's, I like that that ranger I was talking about with the bow. I gave him an oath bow at level five. That's a level ten character yeah. kind of bow, you know, ten to fourteen. I was saying you can carry that for a long time, and it's later oh, levels. Yeah, oof, it's it's wild. And so I was like, all right, how would you do with no fingers? <laughs> Like, and so I had that, pl- I was like, I know he's going to be the idiot that picked it up and I know he's not going to make it because he's a big dumb boy. Intelligence saving throw. I was like, <laughs> like that was one of those moments where yeah, I was like jackass. intentionally going after him. <laughs> and it was this whole backstory kind of arc. And I, I, that's what I like doing is I fold in, like, what's your backstory? Do you want to focus on your backstory in the campaign at any point? Um, and he's like, yeah, I have this. I'm from the Misty Forest. I'm like, huh, there's a main plot point in that area. And so I just folded in his backstory of like a missing daughter uh, his mom and a few other things. I'm like, I'm just gonna make that just embedded in there, right? right? Like that whole scene wouldn't have happened without his backstory and input. Like that's that interesting. The demon's not part of it. His mom's not part of it. Like that's all stuff I just added into the environment. That's like now you care because it's part of your story. So I th- I think you could totally do a homebrew world. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I, I think I could. I just don't. I don't have the time to to to, that, to where I would be. I would tweak too much. I'm like, it has to be this. You know, I. I feel That's too much. so funny. So I, I like with ours, I had uh, a, originally it was supposed to be like a three month ordeal and it was so mm-hmm. my kids could play and uh, my brother could play with us. Yeah. And that's all it was supposed to be. And it was basically you go in, save the princess, get the gold done. Yeah. And I was like, if you guys want to keep playing, let me know. So they go into this kingdom. They find out that uh, they basically they're passing through a major kingdom and as they're there, there's a meeting in the town square, and they're, they specifically are pointed out by this, like, wizard who's the king's right hand. Okay. And he sends them out on this quest to save the princess who was taken. Um, he gives them gear and stuff like that so that they can make this travel to a place called Light's End, which is basically Alaska. Yeah. And they start going to Alaska, and they're Beautiful. doing their thing there. <laughs> and uh, he they, – they basically – they run into uh, – encampment where there was once a uh, a large troop if you will a large military force okay and the it's nothing's there that's alive it's been dead for like a thousand years or something like mm. that um, they start gathering clues while they're there and they find out that Oleron this wizard that sent them on this quest was actually uh, there for this battle and he made sure that these troops were frozen out and it was this thing that he was doing so that he could try to seize power. The thing that he missed was that this decent guy would show up and basically accept the mantle of king. 
Uh, so he became the right hand to that king so he could kind of manipulate things from the sidelines. And Thanks. they learn this through this uh, through pieces of a journal that they're finding while they're here. Okay. And then they have some communion with, like, spirits and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, shit. Well, they find out that there's a, uh, a series of pathways where they have to – it's like go back into the mountains. Once you reach here, you're just going to take this – Take this turn, loopy scoopy dooby doopy, and it takes them to uh, a series of rooms, one of which represents every one of the uh, you know four elements or whatever. So they have to fight an elemental in each room. I I, I don't want to interrupt you. I love that mechanic. I love that so much. Really, I, I love the four elements. I just don't think that's such a cool. I just I absolutely love that. Okay, cool. Sorry. Thank you. No, no, no. So this ends up taking them beneath the castle where there's a series of traps. Nobody really uses it. Mm -hmm. So it's like Alaron's playground. Gotcha. So they have to start dealing with all the shit. Well, Alaron finds out that they're there and he is a summoner is what you end up learning. So he's summoning all these goblins and stuff to come and fight the party and they start whooping his ass and they're like, oh, dude, we have to get to the king. Well, as they're trying to navigate through this trap infested dungeon, they find the princess and they're like, all right. She's been shrunk down and all this stuff, so they're like, we're just going to toss you in our bag of holding. And, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I let it slide. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and get to the king. So they get to the king, and they're like, dude, fucking Alron's been behind this. And he's like, no way. That's fucked up. <laughs> so, so <they> <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the exact delivery of that line. <laughs> oh, no. That's real bad. <laughs> it was, it was, I invited him to my barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. I thought he was my buddy. <laughs> We were such good guys. <laughs> oh, man. So they, they fight him. They kill him. And uh, one of them is like, as they're, as they're killing him, basically what you find out is he's trying to do this whole thing to recreate the world in some image, some, like, crazy uh, thing dealing with space and time and interdimensional magic. Yeah. Well, as he's doing this, um, they stop him. A giant explosion happens, killing one of the party members, and then they meet people that ended up coming into the campaign later during a celebration dinner because they wanted to keep going. Yeah. Well, they found out that this was to bring a former demigod back into the world is what Alaron was actually doing, not trying to recreate something in his own image, but trying oh. to bring this old world back together, if you will. And, yeah, so much fun. Sorry. Yeah, no, don't apologize. Total that's, in, there. that's incredibly, like, you, you can start off with something small and you can expand upon oh it. Oh, yeah, big time. time. That's, it's I so easy. That. But I, I started off with just a kingdom yeah. and, like, a concept, and, like, then I, it, it was bullet points through from there. Yeah. And my whole thing going into the campaign is I wanted to make a super bow. I was like, I want to make the ethereal bow, celestial bow, bow or something like yeah. that. And it's a bow that never drops off. That was it. Yeah. Completely stupid. Yeah. It's no bullet drop. Yep. Yeah, that's all that's, it was. That's, and that's, uh, honestly, it's so much more powerful than it just sounds on the OP. surface. Yeah, it's, way OP. It's so good. You could shoot the moon with it. Yeah, just doesn't stop. The yeah. velocity never stops. It's incredible. Well, yeah. they they ended up getting that and these magical arrows, and they were made from some like crazy space metal. It was uh the eye of a god. It was thrown around the planet as a comet landed, That's um, cool. or a meteor. I'm sorry, meteor it lands. So they get pieces of it, turn it into uh, arrowheads, and when you hit something with it, it tears a hole in the fabric of reality. So. They were oh. shooting people, and they were being sucked into their own butthole is what we called it. Oh, my God. And uh, Like void arrows. They were void arrows. That's and, wild. And the ranger that had it, as I, I bring the god, the evil god, back into the world, and I'm really excited about it, and I've, I've used mind control on the party and all kinds of cool shit at this point. 
Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, I need you to turn on the party now. Do it because I knew I was getting ready to turn over as a DM. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so you guys can kill Nefirial. That's fine. I want you to kill the party. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, just team up with the bad guy. You get to be the king. So I'm tempting him with all this power, and he didn't take it. I was oh, so pissed man. because I'm like, man, if you turn on the party, the uh, the next DM that picks up is going to make it his sole objective to seize the throne. Yeah. I'm like, fuck that, man. You could have been the best bad guy yeah. ever yeah. with your butthole arrows. <laughs> you're, the, you're, the t- you're the temptress DM. Oh, dude, I totally <laughs> was there. <laughs> like, oh, oh, look what you can get. Yeah, oh, I wanted it so bad. I'm like, just go in and, you know, fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Th- 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 you've not, you've not been in the party that long. Yeah, you don't even like them. <laughs> When's the last good thing they did for you? They got in this whole mess. Have you have you tried to uh, create division in the party? Uh, not 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 to that degree. Not so like not so bluntly. But I will uh, I will slowly like skew uh, someone's perception of other people. Like uh, over time, like I will purposely put things in that I know their core character values divulge on, and mm-hmm. they have to make a choice. So ah. I drive uh, character-driven facts between them. So it's uh, uh, like one is could be like a uh, like a, one's a paladin and one's uh, like a rogue. That typical like clear dissonance between the right. two. I will make it so where it's like not the choice is either like uh, kill this person and cause pandemonium, mm-hmm. or let it slide and sneak them out and let them survive. And it's not the they're not a good person, but they make they uphold stability. So like it's like it's like a king. You find out it's corrupt. The paladin's like, you gotta die. And they're like, you kill this king. Yeah, everyone whole kingdom like, goes into chaos. Yeah, right. And then it's like if you keep him alive, there is gonna be peace. He's just a shithead. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and the paladin uh, like if they have those like the um, I think his um, uh, what was it? It was like oath of the crown or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was to that king, and he found out that he was like didn't stand for any of the things that he stood oh, for. So then he's an oathbreaker paladin after that. Fantastic. Yeah, it was. Like, it's like one of those driven story things where it's like, and the rogue and the paladin always had that like, oh, we do things my way, my way. Both very headstrong players. Yeah, it, and it, it's I like driving those things into like it's not so much like turning and fighting against each other, which I I really I haven't really thought about doing, which is sure. a fun thing to do. So you if you ever use mind control. Yeah. Like, so I introduced it, and I did not let the party know where it was coming from. So they fought mm. They fought uh, two beholders. And as they're fighting the beholders, they're these cultists. Well, the cultists were actually um, using mind control on the party members. And they did not know that all they had to do was break focus on this. So I almost get a TPK by using the party members on each other. They kill the beholders, and they're like, what the fuck, dude? We're still, half the guys are still under mind control, and they're kicking our asses. Yeah. And, uh... Finally, they, they go to these cultists, and they're like, oh, fuck. And the I think it was the ranger had an attack that made a bunch of animals show up. Okay, yeah, So yeah, he yeah. cast this, and it, it, all these cultists are like, what the fuck? It breaks mind control, and they're able to clean up. But it was yes. almost TPK made for a really good game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I I've I've I keep looking. There's a spell. I think it's Crown of Madness. Crown of Madness. We yeah. so two of our party members have it right now. Yeah, it's, it's such a fun, such a fun thing. That and like uh, I like illusion magic, mm-hmm. um, especially when like there's a bunch of like uh, low intelligence because intelligence is a dumb stat unless you're a wizard or an artificer. Right. And so and and like we have some of like some of that in the party, but it's like okay, if they're not there, I'm gonna use these spells. Like I I literally build encounters. For all of their weaknesses, 
And that's fantastic. I, I'm like, okay, there's like there's the typical like I put healers in the like enemies, right? Like so that they heal. That's mm-hmm. the most annoying thing when you come across like like oh you're almost we almost killed the enemies. Like they healed, and they're like what? And I'm like, would you heal? There's clerics here. There's clear. Yeah, there's evil clerics. Like. <laughs> And they're like, oh, damn it. We didn't see them or something like that. And it's so funny to, like, just, like, I'm like, what is really going to grind their gears and frustrate them? Like, I I literally have those thoughts of, like, all right, they're going to be so mad. Let's fuck (laughs) up their day just a little. Let's make them so infuriated. Uh, But so it's kind of like one of those things where when you, when it's something's, uh, I think of, like, Elden Ring or, like, a, really difficult game that like you have to try like a million times to defeat a certain boss Mm -hmm. like you are frustrated but once you beat it it's so much more satisfying right that's the kind of like that's the feeling i'm going for okay okay i like that yeah that's fun Mm -hmm. i would uh yeah i i never really did that to my party yeah yeah i would i would do assholey things to them that i knew they wouldn't figure out but (laughs) it it wasn't it wasn't with the mindset of being frustrating you know what i mean cereal box puzzles yeah (laughs) for like five-year-olds that are like what yeah so that was uh one of the first things i wanted to do a session where there was no combat and it was uh while they were communing with all these ghosts and trying to put this journal together and all this shit i had them collecting pieces of a shattered shield okay and this Basically, the shield, they'd have to put it together. It was a puzzle, um, but there was a, uh, I guess I should start at the beginning. So they get all the pieces of the shield, and they take it, and they have to assemble it. They find out that the place where they have to assemble it is basically you have to jump down this, what looks like a bottomless pit. Mm -hmm. And after so many seconds, they'd show up back at the top again. It's some weird loop magic. Um, So they jump into it, and basically they have to very quickly assemble this puzzle. So I used an egg timer so that they'd have to put it together or That's else they'd funny. be back at the top of the loop and the puzzle would be scrambled again. That's funny. And it worked really, really well. So I made the puzzle in the shape of a shield and cut all the pieces so they were hyper-similar, and yeah. it was very difficult. And uh, finally they got it, and they solved this great mystery. And, and they're like, fuck, we didn't even fight anything today. And I'm like, fuck you guys, man. Yeah. That was cool as shit. Yeah, doesn't ever in- an encounter doesn't have to be a fight. An encounter yeah. can be a puzzle. Uh, it can be a multitude of things. There was actually a really good resource that I found. Uh, I think it was um, Open RPG, and uh, uh, I found um, or Drive Through RPG, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called the Unicorn Incident, where the, they basically have to like there's a dying unicorn. They have to save it by getting this magical water that's on this little tiny island, and they get there, and there's three jugs, and it's a classic puzzle of the three jugs can hold like like one liter, three and six or something mm-hmm. and essentially like you have to get the perfect amount in order for this seal to open up and get the one magical vial yeah and it's like okay well you have to it's basically like those those block things for little kids yeah so you have to pour water here and then into this one so it's like five three in here put it into the five so there's three in the five then fill the three again and like uh, it's it, it's just it's really funny to like see them do that and all of them it was it was like clockwork i i presented this to them and they all went just started writing on their notepad. All of them individually writing. I'm like, you can work together. And then they're like, then they all looked up. They're like, how is that? And I, I, I was waiting for them to look up, and I just turned a dot. Like, uh, I have this, like, um, hourglass. I just mm-hmm. turned it. And they went, ah! <laughs> 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 it, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Because, like, you have, I have five people at this table, like, just intently thinking. I'm like, oh, hey. And they're like, <laughs> no, all, no, all no. panicking. You put that away. It was, oh, it was, it was classic. Uh I've never seen so many 
people be so infuriated by something so simple. It, if you put a timer on something, it turns it, <laughs> it turns it into something impossible very quickly. Oh yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I. Whenever I get that done to me, I know I make. I get upset because I get, I get so much pressure. Like you could ask me the simplest question. Like it's like being on a game show. People have dumb answers on game shows because right. they're so nervous. They can't think, and I I resonate with that so much. Well, yeah, it shifts it shifts how you're thinking because now I'm worried about time and not the problem that I'm solving. Correct. Yeah, and it's, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's so much fun though. So, have you introduced any any of your own mechanics to the game or yeah. anything like that? Yeah, um, there's a really uh, fun mechanic that I I, I love. Um, uh, it's kind of like a homebrew item so much. It's more of like teleportation magic. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, there is a, the rogue soul knife can do this. I think there's another one where it's uh, the echo knight fighter, uh, which is really cool. They can like create an echo of themselves within 30 feet, and then you can use a bonus action to swap places. Oh, that's right. rad! It's really cool, and that's a standard thing. But I what I introduce is like items that can take that one step further of like blink arrows. Like you shoot and I hit you, we trade places. Oh wow! Or something like something of that effect. So I think that mechanic of like. Um, teleportation and it's kind of like a mix between battle master fighter um echo knight fighter and a soul knife uh rogue mm-hmm. where it, you're just it's just um battlefield mechanics of like positioning and yep. you combine that with a spell like animate objects now you have action economy of right. i don't need one big thing to kill you i need 12 small things to make sure that you wait in the order for 12 hits like th- it's that like th- it's that like that next like and I, if you throw one wizard out there that can do all those things against a whole party, now we don't know what they're like. What do we hit first? And it keeps moving. Right. So I can have, you can have like a, a monk that can dash super far, but if I can teleport feet further, then you can dash. And you're still falling short, buddy. Yeah. It's like, so it's like, it's one of those things. It's like you're keeping a goal out of reach. Uh, and it's just action economy and where you're in positioning. Have you used them as a, uh, as a pu- like this teleportation thing, have you used it as a puzzle for your party yet? Uh, yes, uh, there is a the uh, there's a module that um, it's uh, the team of Didarius, uh, not that team of team of Didarius. Um, uh, it's on Cholt. I can't remember. Uh, it's one of the hardest uh, campaigns. What is that? I can't. I'm blanking here. Um, dun- it's not like Dungeon of the Mad Mage, but I forget. Forget. Anyway, there's this room, and everything's gears, and it, every time that they open a door. All of the rooms rotate. Okay, and fantastic. the doors then now align to a different door. Ah, and I I had a hard time following it. I had to print out the the rooms. I'm like, okay, if this room moves, that means it goes into this room, which now connects to this one, and then this one. And it was it was it was really difficult for like you go through a door and you could teleport into another room, and then they would do something, the rooms would shift, someone would go through that same doorway and end up somewhere else. That's awesome. Yeah, and I slowly started, like, showing them. Did you split up the party that way then? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. They split it up, technically. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah so then, I, then they each had their own separate encounters in the different rooms. And I this is one of those things where you had to call an audible as a DM where I made sure that whatever room they ended up in, it was the fight I wanted for them. Right. So, like, I designed an encounter for all of them, split them up, and then they each had their own fight and um i took that i took a little bit from that module and then a buddy of mine ran, i ran as a character we had uh is that classic fight yourself like yeah. that, that dark link battle the man in the mirror yeah yeah exactly and he uh he made it to where uh it was 3v3 
and we each were like, we each all looked at each other, we're like, we're fighting ourselves, right? And like, <laughs> like we were gonna take like the like the oh the fighter takes the wizard like the we weren't trying to make it easy. We're like we are gonna prove that we are better at rolling dice than these guys. <laughs> like the, we all just like look at each other like yes we're gonna outroll him. We know exactly how to do this. Yeah, I know what he's doing. Roll gooder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could roll gooder than you, idiot. <laughs> so yeah, that would be it was fun. I used uh. So after I did the loop mechanic into that cave for the uh, problem-solving yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. I introduced it in the dungeon. And basically, once they would enter rooms, it would send them back to the previous room that had a loop in built into it. Okay. So they didn't necessarily hit every loop room, but they did keep getting put back into wild places in the dungeon. Well, mm-hmm. at one point, they're in an alchemist uh, lab, basically. They set fire to it. And they ended up, going through a loop because there was a loop in that room. So they go through a loop. It puts them back in the burning room and they started taking fire damage immediately. And it was (laughs) fucking (laughs) awesome. And they started to figure out like, okay, we keep going back to the last loop. But they didn't know it was a loop. They were like, all right, we've been here. So it's going to take us back to where we've been. But they didn't necessarily know where that would be because they'd been three places. Right. Uh, by the time they hit another loop, yeah, it's like it's like slowly discovering the edges of a puzzle. Yeah, but it was a it was a system that this wizard would use so that he could quickly navigate to different areas in the dungeon to get to like, oh, I need to go work in my alchemy lab. All right, bloop, bloop, and then you find out that the final loop is upstairs where the king is. Yeah, and it that's was cool. So much fun. Yeah, it sounds like the 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 puzzles that you run are really similar to the ones that. I've ran. I, I I love that that whole mechanic of like having them slowly figure it out. Like, oh yeah, it's it's makes for an uh, it makes for such a good encounter. It does. Really does. It does. Well, makes it, you think. A, a lot of the time, it's like here, let's go punch stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, that's a fucking bummer. Our DM did one with uh, pebbles or coins or something like that. You had to put so many coins in the. And I was thinking Flintstones. I don't know why. Like we had, we had to fight pebbles from the Flintstones. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> why, why my brain. No, went uh, he d- he did a puzzle with coins <laughs> where there's a bunch of coins on this table and you basically have to solve some riddle with it. Yeah. And I start trying to like do the math in my head, and then he puts fucking coins out on the table and he's like, "Do this." I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." Everybody starts writing shit down on paper, and I'm like, "I'm just gonna do this with these." And he's like, "I thought you would be the first one to figure it out." And I was like, "I was figuring it out, but one of the I also was like hanging on words that he said, so I was turning it into shit that it wasn't." Yep. And it was super frustrating. Yeah, that's oh man, I, I I've been there where I we I was in a one shot, um, and I there was like some door that we had to get through with a magical force field while a rolling spike wall was coming at yeah. us. Classic Indiana Jones moment. And I was playing a, a big, dumb barbarian, like a big himbo. And I was like, I'm just going to charge through it. I don't know how to solve this. And he's like, oh, it's so easy. It's like, just look for a lever. Like, it was that I was that okay. level of, like, <laughs> simple. And I was just like, no. <laughs> There's no levers here. I was so frustrated. I'm like, I was like, I rolled low on my perception investigation, so I just didn't see it. And the other guy didn't because he was like, he was, like, basically pushing the wall back by doing certain things. Yeah. Because it was like an, like an animatron. Mm-hmm rolling pin with spikes and uh i was like he's like yeah you look like figure a way out and i'm like we should have done this the other way around like <laughs> and because i'm like i can't see anything i can't figure yeah, shit so, out so then i just grabbed him and like busted through and did half my damage like half my health was gone this is not a good way to start this i mean at least you got to bust through it 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was rough because I was like, I, I was so frustrated for me because I'm like, there's nothing. There's nothing here for me to do. And he's like, there was a lever. I go, damn it. <laughs> so in our party, we don't have a dedicated healer. Oh, rough. <laughs> it's been fantastic. Oh, no. um, so we have we have our artificer, uh, fighter, a blood hunter, uh, a warlock, and myself, mm. a sorcerer. Okay. So there's no fucking healer. Yeah. And we are, are basically, we, we try to do everything very strategically when we're in fights so that mm-hmm. we don't take unnecessary damage. And it's worked very well for us. But I'm like, man, we're like one bad day away from just getting totally shit on, which is why we made special arrows to kill a vampire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You it made sense you to ha- me. I'd, I think that's such a good way to play it, too, is like, hey, we might not have a healer, but we're going to think and plan. It makes you think and plan a lot more carefully. Yeah. Uh, you're not relying on that. Positioning has been our big thing. And then, yeah. so I, I picked a goblin for my warlock. Nice. And they're I'll like, that. that they're, or sorcerer. And they're like, that's kind of a odd combo. I'm like, but I get a bonus hide action every turn. Yep. And that's huge. So like, I can cast something like, and now I hide. Yeah. You take something out no, of the rogues. Yep. Nothing thing. happens. And it's, it's amazing. Great. I love that. That's, I mean, that's thinking outside of the box of using your turn to the fullest. Oh, yeah, for sure, and we yeah. abuse the shit out of it. Absolutely. That's what the game's made for, is I agree. abuse what it is. And then, like, also, uh, speaking of, like, like the rules as written kind of thing, like, we homebrew so many things. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I think, like, rule of cool, too. Like, I'm like, if this makes cooler sense for the story, nine out of ten times, I'm, we're rolling with it. How do you do advantage? Uh, Like, flanking, or, like... So, if, uh, if something says you get advantage or disadvantage on a roll, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Uh, roll two dice, take the roll. Okay, so we do plus three, minus three. Oh, okay. And I like that. I like we, that. We've liked it much better, and it was uh, it was something I started doing when I was DMing, and then we rolled with it moving into the next campaign because we were like, you know, you can do this with two dice, uh, but we all liked the idea of, well, plus three or minus three can go a long way, so let's gotcha. see what happens there. So that's okay. how we do advantage and disadvantage. Interesting. I would... I would I like that. I think uh, I might do a variation of that. That it sounds really cool. I like a bane and bless situation of like a, d- right, a d4, make it a little bit. Oh, yours is a d. So we do it with our d20s. So like if you're making, yeah, yeah, if you're making a, a strength check, yeah, but you have disadvantage mm-hmm. and it is a dc12 and you roll a 13, well, all of a sudden I missed it because I had disadvantage. Right. And it's a big ordeal and we yeah. love it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably going to do, like, the, the D20, but then take, like, the banner bless, like, okay, you rolled a, like, a 15, okay, roll so a D4, and then whatever that is. That's your advantage or disadvantage? Yeah. Ooh. That'd be, like, I'll be, because that's how those spells work, just have, like, a permanent, like, subtraction or addition. Yeah, we It'd be interesting uh, that's, to try. That's cool to do, it, to do it with a die. Yeah. That's super cool. Like, because that way you're, like, am I, like, because then you get there, you're, like, oh, it's a 15, it's, like, if I get a three or a four, I fail. Yeah, like, I fucked this now right it's, up. Now it's like, oh. That's I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be interested to try. I do like that, though. I like the way that you approach that with uh, not just two dice rolls. It's or with, like, two d20s. It's, hey, you rolled what you rolled. But well, we had a discussion about it, too. That was yeah. one of the big things. Like, as, like as, as a group, we were like, all right, uh, I, I've been doing it like this because I like it better. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. if you guys want to do the roll two dice thing, we can... And they're like, nah, man, fuck that. Because you spend, later in the game, you spend a lot of time getting additions to your rolls. Yeah. And do you want to roll two dice at that point? Because I might roll two fours. Yeah. And I'm 
then I'm extra fucked. Yeah, I mean it's it's like having a D12 as your hit die yeah, for exactly. a barbarian. You know, exactly. it's it's like you could get a one, or you could get twelve, but statistically, it's better to roll two D sixes than one D twelve. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally get that. Exactly, but they have a lot of fun with it, and nobody wanted to change it. I'm like, okay, and now that's a really cool mechanic. Now I'm like at a point where I'm like, I kind of want to do my own rule set. Okay, like in in like what capacity are you? So I I I don't know if I would take three five or five E as like the base. Okay, but uh, scaling scaling encounters is not viable in D and D five E. It fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is so player heavy. It's not fun, and mm-hmm. it's hard to make things competitive in higher levels. It really it's t- it's like like level one you're like kill a rat. Level twenty you're like let's kill God or become him. Like. <laughs> Then that's what my party ran into when I was yeah. running them through one because I let them get to level twenty. That's all I yeah, wanted for that's them. Really cool. Then they had to fight a demigod. Yeah, and it was like this big ordeal, and you know it was cool, but I'm just like, yeah, it can't always be so grandiose. Not necessarily grandiose, but it can't be so in the favor of the party. Yeah. Um. So I'm leveling them slower now, mm-hmm. and I'm like moving forward. I guess is how I should say that. It, moving forward, I'll be leveling them slower and. Uh, I change armor classes on everything. Yes. Everything. Yep. You, I think we do that similarly where it's, I will always rearrange a stat block to armor class and hit points. Yep. Always. I'm I like, won't, I won't adjust their damage. I'm like, their damage is fine. It, yeah. it can be lethal to the party basically as it sits. Mm-hmm. But if, if they miss the roll by one now, whereas they would have barely hit it before. All right. This is a big deal. Yeah. So that's how I like to roll with it. Always yeah. Armor class first, then I'll do uh hit points. I think that's the, and that's the easiest way to do it. I think easiest and most effective. I think. Oh it's yeah. Like, it's like oh hey, it's like uh, you're facing uh, you know regular or advanced zombie. It's like okay, their AC is twelve. It's like okay, well, your all, your average AC as a party is sixteen. It's like mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm gonna raise there to sixteen. Right. And now it's like okay, well, now you have a chance to miss because right. you all of you have like a plus seven to hit. It's like that's what's crazy. You could man. roll five. You roll on the lowest twenty five percent of the dice and you still hit. No. Not acceptable. That's how I feel. And that's why I'm like, yeah, I, I should make my own rule set so that it scales uh, less favorably for the party. Yeah. And, like, it, we had dragons show up mm-hmm. in uh, my campaign. They shit on the dragons. Yeah, oh. Flat out shit on them. Uh, I resonate so hard with that, running the module I'm running. Mm-hmm. It sucks. I, yeah, I had to, like, I was like, okay, these are adult dragons. It's like, you could, you could fight an ancient one. It'd be difficult, but you could do it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I introduced, like, that fight I was talking about, that demon dragon dragon rider was already there i was like i'm gonna introduce this demon as an extra element also ties into his backstory just so like, there's moving pieces for them to contend with and like i said earlier the action economy if there's only two enemies mm-hmm. like they can just keep hammering them Steam home before them. they even get a turn and yep. there's sure there's legendary actions with mm-hmm. like those types of creatures and layer actions and stuff but it's like i like having minor things that nip at them so like there's kind of been a repetitive thing um which i try to i try to sway away from now where i used to have it like Big bad, bunch of small guys, or big bad, a my like a kind of a major player and some small guys. Yeah. But now it's like okay, well that's there, but now there's environmental effects. There's going to be um, just extra elements that you can't uh, ignore. Like oh well, the, he uses his poison breath attack and it's over. The damage is over, but now you can't see as well. Like, or I'll, I'll add something extra, like, oh, your vision is cut in half, so you can't see where that dragon moved to if he's 60 feet away. Right. You can only right. see 30 feet out. So now they're like, oh, and I'll just block out the map. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm like, you, 
you don't know where they're at. Or I'll, I'll like, take – we use Roll20 for digital stuff because we have friends, like, about Texas and stuff. Right. But um, so I'm like, I'll just, I'll just remove the token from the field or make it visible to, like, one player. Right. And something like that. He's over here. And it's like, maybe. Over where? Yeah. Like, wh- where are you? Like, that kind of <laughs> thing. And I'm like, I really – and they're really – it's also – it depends on your party about, like, how they role play. And, like, they're all really into it. But, you know, it's adding those extra elements that aren't typically, like, on a stat block, but they're right. extra elements you cannot ignore. A hundred percent, yeah. Environmental factors are huge, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to movement and stuff. Oh, yeah. If your party cakewalks movement, mm-hmm. I can take some yeah. of that away. Uh, I think, oh, you're an Eric Hocker monk with the movement feat or uh, whatever it is. It's like, oh, it's like, yeah, you can fly it with a dash. You can move, like, 120 feet yeah. flying. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> The set. That's crazy. Somebody put a chain on yeah. your ankle. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Like someone has an arrow of like grounding. Like oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Looks like you can't fly, idiot. Um. Have <laughs> you have you listened to? Uh, do you do audiobooks at all? Uh. Yeah. I used to a lot. Um. Uh. Not some. Uh, not so much in the past, like six months. Um. But yeah, I love audiobooks. Have you done Dungeon Crawler Carl yet? No, you told me about that last time I was okay. here. I haven't had a chance. It's on my uh, my list. You need to because in I think it's the last book in the series. There is actually a tether that gets used. Um, so they will. Oh no no no! That was uh, he who fights with monsters. I'm sorry. So in he who fights with monsters, also there's on my a list. <laughs> there's a tether that's used, and when it's uh, when the tether is broken, an extreme amount of damage is dealt, and it's brilliant for something like a monk like that. And you could easily come up with something to. Yeah. To ground him with it, and I think it'd be rad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I love those out of the box solutions to oh, that. Oh, like, fucking wonderful! Like outside the box solutions. I think it's so interesting to like tackle that because it's magic. You can do what doesn't you want make with it. Sense, yeah. It, it doesn't. You can make your own school of magic if you want. You know, it's like oh yeah. Uh, it's I I get a lot of inspiration from like Magic the Gathering spells and me too. All that I'm like, oh, that spell is pretty cool. How can I turn that into a mechanic in my game? I want counter spell right now. Yes. I, oh, if you, I'm going to say this to the camera. If you play the color blue in Magic the Gathering, you're a bitch. <laughs> I, I, I run Esper. <laughs> I hate blue magic. My roommate plays it all the time, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I go the cheap route of, like, uh, white, black, like, life gain, life steal. Oh. And you're like, oh, this game's going to take tokens. five hours. Yeah, Are I you running tokens? I don't really run, run too many okay. tokens, but it, it, I do, like, I like vampires, and I like... Uh, like, gain health. Like, I'll use angels and vampires in the same deck. Do you have a Divinity of Pride in your deck? Oh, I have I have that card. I don't know if it's my current run. That's rad. I love yeah. that card. But that's if you're, like, running a lot of hybrid black-white that I really like. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I run Asper. So I have a lot of just gross blue stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also, I run artifacts. So I, I have... Yeah, I do like, like artifacts. Really cheaty stuff. Yeah. Like, we, in my, in my playgroup, we had to... Uh, we had to ban infinite combos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. I mean, that's pretty fair. That's. It, well, it was just like we were just seeing who could pop off first, and that was really boring. Yeah. And if you had a uh, control deck whatsoever, you could basically lock everybody out of their combos and mm-hmm. then just wait to get yours. Blah. Yep. Not fun. Yeah. Uh, and then we got rid of indestructible mm-hmm. because everybody started abusing that. Mm-hmm. So once we got past that, everything was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's it's it, it's uh, it's really it's good it's a good cross it's it's a good cross thing too. Like I'll sometimes uh like. Uh, there's a guy, there's an artist I met at a comic convention who he just does artwork over Magic the Gathering cards, mm-hmm. which is pretty, 
yeah, it makes cool. the full art cards and shit. Yeah. yeah, it's really really neat. Or he'll like make memes out of the cards. And it's, it's it's it was really neat. But he did one where it was like a D and D crossover, uh, and it was like uh, I think it was it was a dragon. I can't remember what it was, or a sphinx maybe. I think it was a blue card. But he basically was like he basically rewrote the cards like stats flavor and text everything. And yeah, everything, flavor yeah. text and st- and he he basically made his own card out of it. Yeah, and I was like that's really cool. But he made it to where it was like oh. Uh, like it had new abilities. I was like, I never thought of like modding and making my own magic cards and seeing if my friends would want to play with that before. I thought it was a pretty interesting thing. So we were going to, I was going to make them play magic in uh, my next D&D campaign as like, <laughs> like Gwent, <laughs> as a, uh, <laughs> as like a wizard's duel. That's crazy. <laughs> I love that. Already. I'm gonna. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to use this. Well, I was sure. like, I was like, man, I really want him to have to play magic, yeah. uh, and because I'm the only. Okay, one of the other people in the group has played. He played okay. competitive. If oh, he wow. is dueling anybody else, like it'll be hysterical. Yeah. But I want. I also want that to be something that is very common mm-hmm. in this world, so that they're having to encounter it often. Yeah. So maybe one session, all they're doing is having a giant com- commander battle. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, and I think that would be a lot of fun for them. Yeah. Oh, and that's that's a brilliant move, I think. And they'll have to buy decks. Yeah, it, and it then adds, we'll have to play more. It adds depth to all the NPCs in your world. Like they like to have hobbies. They're real people. Right. Well, and my big thing was I was like, okay, I want you to encounter, you know, you're you're doing this like they do it as a gambling thing as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like if you if you go meet up, like, yeah, I'm not necessarily gonna kill you, but uh I'm going to challenge you to a duel, and whoever wins gets, you know, 500 gold. Yeah, I like that. That sort of thing. Yeah, just taverns and stuff. It, it's yeah. like the, uh, it's like a professional sport at that point. Yeah, why, why wouldn't it be? So I love that. That was I my goal with so it. such a good idea. There you go. Take it and run with I it. I will. I'm, an, I'm, I'm already thinking, I've already, I've used physical cards. I've had, like, dice. They have typical trope, like, dice games and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and I actually took, and this is really, I think this is probably one of the funniest things I've ever done. I got addicted to Animal Crossing. Uh, during the pandemic, because I was okay. like, this is great. It's a feel-good game. I can't die. I'm building stuff. Um, and so there's this dumb game that the characters play. It's like, you, I'll give you an item if you guess the right card. And it's like, high or low. And it's that simple. It's like, here's the first card. It's a five. Higher or lower? And I'm like, oh, higher. Wow. And they're like, you get an outfit. And I was like, yay. I'm like, this, jo- this is joy. I was like, I'm going to do this in my campaign. Sure enough, I was like, free drinks at the bar if you can guess higher or lower. And I just had a deck of cards. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And I was like, higher or lower. And they are like, oh. <laughs> and I, I, the first time it happened, I happened to just pull like a seven, which is the most like smack dab in the middle right. card. And I was they're like, our ace is higher or low. And I go, let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. And they're like, what? Did, no, you have to tell me. They were so mad I didn't tell them that. I told them. I was like, they're high. And then it was like, it's like okay, okay. Uh, uh. And they, they didn't get it. And they were so mad about that. There was so many other things happening. They're just like, I can't believe we didn't get free drinks because that stupid card. Like the, it was the fun. You're upset about not yeah. getting something for free yeah. versus yeah. okay. I just paid the regular tab. I took a very fun thing from a very fun kids game and made it the bane of someone adults' existence. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking amazing. I'm gonna use that now. It's pretty great. One of the guys he uh, he bought out a bar in our campaign. Oh, okay. So cool. that like that was the thing that he did. He bought out the bar and he was going to start to franchise it. Yeah, passive income, baby. Exactly, and it was a lot. Yeah. So he got some obscene amount of gold. Th- he basically made a deal with this uh, ancient dragon. Yeah. And it was like, hey, if you keep helping these guys, because he wanted to abandon party. 
Yeah. If you keep helping these guys, I'll hook you up. And he's like, fine, 4,000 gold. And, drag, and that's a shit ton in my world. That's oh, yeah. multi-millions. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, all right, I'll fucking do that. So he does. And then he's fucking chasing the dragon around, basically. He's like, oh, where the fuck's my money? Where's my money? And every time he'd meet the dragon out and about, the dragon's like, of course, I don't have 4,000 gold on my person. We have to, I'll put it in an account for you here. You can go access it when you get back in town. Yeah. And he's like, well, Oh, that's the other side of the world. And he's like, that's fine. You know, you'll get it when you get it. So finally he gets it. He immediately buys a bar. Immediately. That's incredible. That's And he was generating every uh, week, he was generating hundreds of gold. That's insane. So he made it back easily. Oh, fast. Yeah. And then uh, as soon as they went to another town that was kind of in ruin, he put one there and started trying to bring people in. And so it was awesome. Yeah, I, I have to bring this up. Uh, there is the coolest thing I've ever par- been a part of. The, the campaign that I'm in on Mondays, I have a show tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Legend of Shaogal, uh, Unswollen Initiative Network. <gasps> um, it's a big, big fun, big fun event. Um, they, uh, we had this thing. We started off in this town. There was a vampire, and uh, we had to uh, basically, like, it was either like, oh, hey, there's a, there's a problem. Like, vampires are, like, killing people and stuff. And we're like, that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, so w- we learned that there was like people who've been not fully killed, but came back as vampires and didn't want to kill anyone. And there was like a whole, s- like a bakery that ha- was like selling blood vials and like these really expensive baguettes. Mm-hmm. And it had like three blood vials in it. And these people who are just trying to get by are just like buying Consuming blood. blood like and this. then th- we found out the baker was a murderer and the vampires weren't actually bad. They were like trying to do it ethically. <laughs> and it was actually like, and, but then we like, we eventually, uh, bought this tavern and started a blood. It was called the Hammered Gnome, which is a great. That name is a, for a wonderful tavern. name. It is a no, is a gnome that has a hammer, like as like the main like oh, pillar. Amazing. And um, it was awesome. Well, we started this basically blood bank at the tavern, where it's like, hey, if you donate a pint of blood, you get to d- your next drink is free. And so we would get the blood, sell like then that the people could get drunk faster because they have less blood. Right. So they were like, yeah, take the blood. So we started a blood bank for the vampires that are in the town. And so we're now getting money from the bar, which That's is selling amazing. cheap drinks, but we're selling the blood for so much to all the vampires. Right, massive profit. Yeah, and now we're friends with them, and now they're helping us out. That's cool. So we actually, because ours is vampire heavy, yeah. um, we got an item that turned water into blood. Ooh. And a captain that was helping to kind of ferry us around, mm-hmm. he, uh, he was bit. And instead of and we and we got this like ghost ship, mm-hmm. so uh, we turned the ship over to him, and we're like, "Look, man, you can't come on shore, but to make sure you're not gonna die here." And we gave him the special flask or whatever, so he uses that, just fills it with water, and that's his blood consumption. And Damn. he stays on his ghost boat out in the ocean because we don't want him inland. That's cool. It's that's a really rad. cool. Yeah, that's I. I love when you can t- make a twist on that because it's like. Sometimes those creatures aren't evil. They just want to survive. Like no, he was a good dude. He thought we were going to kill him. Yeah. And, like, I was friends with him, so I had a pre-existing relationship with the guy. That's cool. As in, uh, I was a deckhand for him. And I was like, no, he's oh. a good guy. He always pays me on time. And being a goblin, I've been discriminated against a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, because people like goblins don't act like you do. And I'm like, no, it's okay. We're cool. We're yeah. Cool. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting, like, playing that dynamic and, like, trying to – no, he's a good guy because he takes care of me. Yeah. But then one of our guys robs a shopkeeper for being mean to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can't steal from people. That's not nice. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I can. He treated you like shit. 
And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Don't do it again, please. You know, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Yeah, you're right. You got a point. That's um, awesome. So, we're we're an hour in. In okay. closing, do you have anything that you want to hit these fine folks with? Yeah, I kind of I kind of gave you a little preview of it. Uh, I stream on Twitch under the Short Nord, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. shortnord.com back or Twitch.tv backslash the Short Nord. Uh, I play a lot of variety of games. I'm going through Dragon Age Origins for the first time. Nice. Haven't played that yet. Uh, so that's been fun. I do horror games on Wednesdays with a heart monitor, uh, which is uh, an absolute blast. I'm playing Outlast 2 at the moment, which is horrifying. Uh, and then uh, Mondays and Fridays, we have the Swole Initiative Network on Twitch, uh, which is our D&D stuff. Um, if you know, if you follow any D&D, uh, like TikTok shorts, reels, you probably see a guy named Swole Initiative. He's a big, burly man. Uh, he's he, he runs a show on Friday. We're in a campaign together on Mondays, which is... Uh, actually, t- I know it's Monday right now for me. Probably not for you out there right yeah, now. But yeah. uh, every Monday. <laughs> it's Friday for them. <laughs> yeah, it's Friday for them. So for, to, so tonight, if you're seeing this on Friday, uh, we have Fables of Gallia uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time. And then Mondays at 8 p.m. Central Time, we have Legend of Shao Gaul, which I play in. And Beautiful. A lot of fun, yeah. I'm a, I'm a Warforged cleric. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Lovely. Well, thank you for hanging out. Yeah, thank you. This has been great. Absolutely. You guys, stay geeky.